This is the Oakham Strike Podcast, Episode 7, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ebosher. Unyielding self-improvement is the primary lesson one can take away from the physical progress achieved by the cons behind the iron bars. No matter how high the steel walls surrounding your current reality, or how vicious the gatekeepers guarding the cell you currently call your place of imprisonment, you, cannot, you can put in the work to shift your reality to become stronger and find your path to physical and mental freedom. If you do not think that you are imprisoned, remember that you can be confined by delusions of false comforts or pursuit of material desires as easily as you can be trapped inside a steel cage. So that's a quote from um, the book Interval Training by, Jill, or by Josh Bryant, um, who is the owner of a gym called Jailhouse Strong. And they are one of the premier powerlifting and bodybuilding gyms um, in the country. And Josh is a world record holder in the bench press and the deadlift for his weight class. Um, this, we, we, really, we chose this quote today because it really embodies who our guest is, um, who, our, who our guest is becoming as, as, a, as a person. He, uh, a couple, at the, at the start of the year, he wasn't even training, wasn't doing any sort of working out, wasn't keeping up with any sort of physical conditioning. And I guess you could say that even though he wasn't behind any iron bars, he was imprisoned by his own mind and his delusions of false comfort, like the quote says. And um, he made a change, decided to make a change in January, and what, nine, ten weeks later, he's walking around at 10% body fat and looks like an absolute unit. Yoko <laughs> Strength Transformation Champion. Luke Milfes. Luke Milfes. Nice to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited about this. Yeah, very, very, oh, yeah. very excited to have you, man. What you've been able to do in 10 weeks is really cool fun to watch yeah it's oh. freaking phenomenal if you guys want to see this man's transformation you got to check out got to check out the pictures on the instagram because <laughs> yeah literally going from a guy that looked like he had the dad bod rocking oh dad bod was there you yeah. bet to straight six pack yeah. fucking built back yeah just triceps out the wazoo yeah. <laughs> built <laughs> built to the tilt as josh bryant likes to say built to the tilt yeah right um so okay so let's start from the beginning so luke where are you from uh, from Lakeville, Minnesota, so just about a half hour south south here at UST. Half hour south of here. Okay, so where what sports you grew up playing? I grew up playing, I think, the main three, so baseball, football, basketball, mm-hmm. then played all three of those in high school, and then I also did track in high school, and came here, played football for a couple of years, and then switched to the club baseball team for a semester, and then been playing rugby ever since then. So you're playing rugby right now? Correct, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you still were or not. Okay. Um, that's awesome. What was, growing up, so when you were growing up, what was your favorite sport? What was what really took your interest? You know, I think it was, uh, honestly, it was football in the football season, basketball in the basketball season, baseball in yeah. the baseball season. <laughs> yeah. Just loved each one, you know, pretty much equally and couldn't wait to get after when that season came around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So um, when we were, you were at St. Thomas, you were on the football team for two years? Yeah. So when that, um, kind of tell us about the process of that, what the football team was like, why you decided to not be on the football team anymore, and then what it meant when it was kind of taken away and it wasn't there anymore. Definitely. I mean, well, it was one of the hardest decisions, excuse me, the decisions I think I've ever made. I mean, I've been playing it my whole life, you know, lived and breathed it. And then the reason why I quit was I was just getting pretty miserable the whole, whole time, you know, getting in my own head like, you know, I'm putting in this effort, not getting results, you know, just absolute terrible mentality to have. And I let it get the best of me. So then 
you know, finally made the decision, like, you know, I'm miserable. It's taking up so much time out of my day. I can be doing something different, be more productive with it. So hung up the cleats, grabbed a glove, and went and played baseball for a semester. And then didn't wasn't a big, big fan of it, mainly because we didn't win a single game and we're traveling, like, <laughs> five hours a weekend just to lose three games in a row. I was like, yeah, maybe not. And then found rugby and absolutely fell in love with the game. Yeah. And joined that. Right. Yeah. Well, back so back to football originally. What, what a, was it? Is that something you regret now, looking back on it two or three years later? Not too much, because I've definitely learned a hell of a lot from that. Yeah. On how to like, like when things get tough, you know, don't give up, but just keep going and look for different ways to change your, the situation you're in. So I don't think I regret in that aspect. I do miss just competing against the corners every day. That's mm-hmm. one part that I, that I miss and regret. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, don't regret too much. I think that, yeah. that kind of goes with like Parks, his talk about how like he said after he quit football, he didn't really regret quitting football, but his biggest, for the, when he quit for the U, um, his biggest thing was like he just never wanted to look in the mirror and see that fail again so Mm -hmm. he always told himself no matter what he did past that point it was going to be successful because he never wanted to look in the mirror and be like I'm a quitter so he never wanted to do that again to himself and I think that's one thing that you talked about the lessons you gained from even though it didn't work out through that process you learned something from it and you took something from it oh absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. I mean definitely and it showed in the last couple years okay so yeah so we fast forward now to rugby um now for Anyone who's never played the sport of rugby, people don't understand how violent of a game that is. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. I actually think it puts football a bit to shame in terms yeah. of physicality, and then you played I did, with yeah. us for a semester. You absolutely Greg's, tore it you up. look at Greg's eye, he has that little uh, scar <laughs> from it, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it just a, It's a hell of a game. Oh, I yeah, there's not, it's not quite anything like it, really. No, there's not. Yeah. I mean, so, what, so what makes you... What what brought you to rugby? Like what? Who has said come join the team? Like what? How, what was that process? Because you know that's it's a communist sport. You know it's it, it's sports not played in America. You know, no football. And so what brought you to it? Right. Well, I mean, uh, I think sophomore year, I lived with Kyle Kyle Johnson. Oh yeah. He was on the team. He was like, like, dude, yeah, come to a practice, give it a try. I'm like, nah, man, I'm in football. I'm all right. I'm happy with this. Yeah. And then. Gave it a pass and then lived with Tristan the next year. Okay. And oh. after I quit football, and I was like, baseball is kind of working out. So he's like, dude, just come try rugby. Come to a practice. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know, no worries. You know that you, uh, whether you like it or not, and won't waste any more time. So I, you know, went to a practice. Absolutely loved it. You know, mm-hmm. you were there. I know mm-hmm. AI was there. Um, and then Doomer too. Tobias came a bit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What, what, what was it about rugby that made you, like, really, this is my sport, like, this is what I want to fall in love with? Yeah, I think oh, the part of the thing that I missed from football was just the physicality and running mm-hmm. around with the boys. Yeah. Um, just getting after it, tackling, hitting people. Yes. You know, I missed that and then got that out of rugby, so I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. I could play <laughs> offense and defense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That yeah. Was, that was, that's probably my favorite part about it, like, when I played for that one – spring it was like you get to tell it the rock I've always played the line my whole life and then I finally got to carry the ball and it was and like and there's specifically specific positions for big guys and and 
oh man, you just yeah, it's <laughs> you get to just truck people, <laughs> I mean, and it's not like it's not like there's because there's no pads, you don't truck people. Like it, it's full on. Full so do you want war. to tell them about your your scar on your eye? And uh, what happened yeah, there? Let's hear that story, Greg. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So um, it was my first game of rugby ever, and we were playing the men's. One of the there's two teams in Minneapolis, St. Paul. There's the Pigs and what's the other one? Metropolis. Metropolis. It's two men's league teams, and so we college team. We're looking to get in some games before the season, so we play an exhibition match against the Pigs of St. Paul, <laughs> and the boys were all saying all the boys who'd played prior seasons were telling guys like me and Luke and Jack Doomer that you know you'll be fine these guys are old fat and slow they're they're not very good we're gonna we're gonna run all over them and so you know we show up and kind of see they got some big fellas you know oh god like yeah like 300 pounds yeah six one six two like yeah. big boys yeah and, and I I'm, I see this one guy he's like this Samoan dude he's got long hair you know that's a big man. <laughs> We're gonna have to tackle that. And um, so, so we get out there, and um, it's my first rugby game ever. And coach is like, "All right, Greg, you're starting." I was like, "Really? I don't know what I'm doing." He's like, "Just get out there." I was like, "All right, yeah, let's go." So we we kick the ball off, which is similar in football. You kick you kick it deep sometimes, sometimes not. But so we we kick it deep. Um, I'm running down, and I'm like. I kind of got free reign at this guy, and I'm like, all right, here we go, I guess. And I lower into him. I plant him pretty good. I hit him pretty hard. And um, we get up, roll off, and rugby is not like football. There's no pause. So it's <laughs> balls out, and I'm like, oh, wow, here we go. We're going, we're going. And look down. So then then you kinda, it kind of works down the line one way, and then it works back the other way, correct? Yeah, that's yes. right. And so the ball goes down one line. And then it comes back towards my side. And sure enough, big Samoan <laughs> toting the rock. And, I, and I'm like, all right, here we go, man. And I run in there, and I just try to wrap this man up, and I just got full hand of his crotch. And, <laughs> and I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> And so, I, but I make the tackle, we roll off, and I kind of like, I like grabbed hard because I wanted to bring him down. And so he and I like kind of looked at each other, and he just kind of looked at me like, what the hell, man? And I was like, I looked back at him, I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I, you know, just really brief eye contact. And then, so they passed the ball, and I'm like, well, here we go again. And so I'm running, and I'm all messed up in my head. I'm like, what just happened? And, but I gotta make the tackle, so I stick my head in front, and I just catch a vicious knee to the, to the temple, and my head splits open, and I was done for the day. Concussed and stitches, and yeah, it's so three tackles on the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just dominated yeah. the staff board. I love I lo it. I love, yeah. But that that was my first rugby game. Yeah, which and Luke came in for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that connection. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was that was my rugby. That was yeah, dude. Awesome game though. Mm -hmm. Awesome sport. Awesome oh, sport. Um, how did the season go this last year? Oh, this past season. So there's, for those who don't know, there's two seasons. We have a fall season, which is like the real season. Mm -hmm. You know, play to get into playoffs, all that sort of fun stuff. And then the spring season, which we're now, is kind of like exhibition game. So that's when we played the Pigs. Mm -hmm. You know, played just a couple of tournaments here and there. 
go up to St. Cloud for the All Saints tournament. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. How did you guys finish up in the in the fall? In the fall, we went one and three during the regular season, so not too great. And then one and three. Yeah, and then lost to Winona in the playoffs. Okay. First round. Yeah, but you guys lost a lot of seniors, that's for sure. Oh, true. Yeah, a we lost the, a bunch of guys. A lot of the stud players. Yeah. That's good. So we went back. We were talking about the transformation at the start and how Luke got shredded. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to bring it back to that point of sure. One, what got you to the point of yeah. where you were? So you you were a rugby player. What got you to the point of kind of rocking that dad bod and that type of thing? And then let's transition to what got you to the point to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So that obviously the rugby season was done, didn't have the results that we wanted, and then from there I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to take – I start off with, you know, I'll just take a week or two off of working out, you know, let my body rest and all that. And then from there I went to, uh, okay, yeah, I'll just push another week and then, you know, followed the cycle mm-hmm. and just got uh, obviously really out of shape. And then along with that came the mental aspect of that, and it was – just devastating so I was just losing confidence you know I was keeping myself up and I just thinking about stuff that was you know really pointless and just really going down going down a valley without you know realizing that hey I need to make a change here and it got pretty bad and then what I heard Austin talking about was you know I'm thinking about doing this contest and I'm like oh yeah yeah that's cool mm-hmm. I'm like Oh, yeah, no, that could be could because I was looking at that point when I talked to Austin. I was looking for an out, like, all right, I need something to change. I need to make a difference. Otherwise, this is going to go real bad real fast. Mm-hmm. And I remember it. I watched this video, and I was just down a rabbit hole of YouTube one night. <laughs> and then watched this video called The Choice, and it showed, I'll never forget it. It showed the same guy. It's a side-by-side video. And in one side of the video, he makes all the right choices. So goes to bed early, wakes up early, you know, makes his bed, goes to work, doesn't drink, eats properly. Mm-hmm. And then on the right side was, of course, just the opposite. So, you know, he was going to work, but he was leaving early, going out for happy hour every day, now working out, not doing anything to make himself better. And then by the end of that video, just seeing the change that happened over time, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just blown away. Like, damn, that's considerable, you know. And then, right, obviously, with that, I s- took Austin's contest. I was like, damn, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to make myself better, you know. I'm going to go after and I'm going to go out to win because I need to make a serious change. And, you know, that's, that's how that came about. That, that's awesome. So, like, that, that video, I think, is big in what we talk about is, like, all those small things add up and it's like the small steps the small steps and that's kind of what like on a like a lot of emails and a lot of the things like I talked to the guys in this contest about is like it's it's just those small like things mm-hmm. like you got to make the small changes before you make the big changes and those small changes will lead to those big changes for you mm-hmm. and that's like the before and after pictures like they're awesome like you get to see where you were mm-hmm. and where you are but like that is such a result of everything you did for those 12 weeks you know like every single step of going to bed early every single step of making your food drinking your water you know like just those small steps that by themselves aren't going to make a huge difference Mm -hmm. but when they add all together like Mm -hmm. they make that huge difference from point a to point b and like 
I think you watching that video and you deciding you're going to make the choices to become that left side, that, that good person mm-hmm. instead of the person going out for happy hour is what adds up and what people are inspired by. Like people, when I, I posted Luke's transformation, like people were blown away. They're like, dude, like got to get me on what Luke's on. Like, <laughs> dude, you got to do this dude. Like I got three weeks till summer. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that all sounds good. But like, right. you don't realize like, and that's why I wanted to bring you on. Is like, you don't realize like, Yes, it's awesome, but you have to realize the the process that went into it, the twelve weeks that went into it, the twelve weeks of hard work and dedication and getting after it, and like the program is built to hopefully funnel you into that, funnel you into making the good choices. But you're the one that ultimately has to make those good choices. You know, mm-hmm. like ultimately, yeah. I mean, because I know personally, I was on the transformation contest too, and the first like three weeks, four weeks of it, I wasn't taking I mean I was trying to change my diet but I wasn't really so what were you able to going back to now the actual process of you doing it what mm-hmm. did you change like like let's start with your diet what 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 were you eating and then what did you transition to yeah so I mean before it it was basically eating whatever I want you know like seafood diet if I see I'm gonna eat it <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> So I was like, oh, you guys are going out for pizza and wings? Yeah, 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 sure, I'll join you. That sounds good. Yeah. And then just, just bad food, junk food for snacks and all that. And then started Austin's contest. And, you know, I asked him, you know, what's you know what's a healthy meal? What do you do? What should I be eating? What should I stay away from? So then basically, for, at least for that first month, it was either chicken or ground beef. And then it was just strictly veggies and then rice. It was either one of those two meals and then threw a sweet potato in there every now and then with maybe a cheat meal or two, like maybe once every two weeks for that first for that first month. And then after that, let my let it go a little bit. And because I'm I, not going to lie, I thought it was just a month-long contest. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah, you know, this isn't too bad. Just one month, oh, I can do that. That'll be easy. And he's like, uh, yeah, no, Luke, it's actually, uh, it's three. I'm like, shit. <laughs> okay. So then let, uh, let it slide a little bit, but then picked it back up. And yeah, I think that was the, that was the toughest transition is just going right. from that terrible diet to being yeah. super strict. Right. Just eating healthy. Right. That was, for you, what was the, what was the thing that made you do it? Was it like the competitive fire, the making a yeah. competition? Uh, was it the knowledge of like, this is actually what I'm supposed to eat? Like what made you click this actually switch? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I think the first thing was, and the biggest thing was my foundation. So it wasn't even the fact that what I was eating was healthy or not. What I needed to do was start building a foundation. So like, have you guys have mentioned in this podcast the entire time, you know, like you need to lay the bricks down for your foundation. That way when adversity comes, you'll be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those bricks I think was mm-hmm. the diet. So it, I needed to get my mind right and then go from, shit, what was, sorry, what was the question I got? What was your motivation? Oh, right, motivation. Yes, in starting, in actually getting on the diet, changing mm-hmm. your diet. Yeah, so I mean, I wanted to get, the motivating part was, you know, getting my mind right by eating healthy, mm-hmm. and then from there, having that competitive drive to, mm-hmm. to hey, I'm gonna w- go out and win this thing. I'm gonna sustain it, and then, you know, I, the results just, just happened to follow. I, I think. mean, that was yeah. one of the, the coolest things. Like a bunch of the athletes, that, ex-athletes that were in this program, is like you could see the athlete in them come out because mm-hmm. they wanted to win. Like Luke 
like wanted to win. Mm -hmm. You know, like Joey Puck, uh, Francis, like these guys, like they get to compete again. You mm -hmm. know, and I think that's one thing that like adding into this these programs is allowing people to compete. Like naturally, people want to compete. Compete, people want to win. Mm -hmm. Giving them that opportunity to do that, I thought that was one of the coolest parts. Like seeing these people, like. Yes, they're working together to all better themselves, but they're also like, I'm, I'm gonna beat this guy. Exactly. Like, I'm gonna yeah. beat him. Yeah. You know? Like, not gonna let him outwork me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I had, I had a thought, but I it just slipped my mind. When going, so you talked about laying the foundation. Yes. And you went back to mindset, and that's that was another thing I was gonna bring up. So I like how you brought it up. You said that's that was your first switch. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. What, what, what happened there? What, what, what? You, you mentioned watching the video, but what was like, what was happening in your head and what switched and what made that spark? Cause that's one of the, with all my athletes, with all my clients, like that's, that's the thing I'm biggest into. Like that's what my passion is, is trying to change people's mindsets into like the, the depressed, like I can't do this. I'm, I'm not capable of doing this into like believing, putting belief into them to where they know they can do something, you know? Like, so what was that switch for you? Yeah, so, I mean, before, like I said, just I was just no no confidence in me at all. Mm. I was just super down. Like, yeah, I have this opportunity, but you know I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm not good enough. And then I just like saw the this contest as just that opportunity and realized that if I wanted to win, how bad I wanted to win, I'm gonna have to make a huge switch in the way I think, in the way I act, in the way you know I just believe in myself. So you know. I just started thinking like, what is gonna be my why? So what is the purpose that I'm gonna do this? Why do I wanna get better? And then every action I took and then every time I started to doubt myself and get in back into that valley, I had to stop myself there, work to correct it. And then after the, um, excuse me, commanding that all together is just really what got me out of that. And got me to that success so what 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 did it feel like when so this is another thing is like when people start to slip back into that valley how, how did you yourself realize that you were starting to slip again and then how did you fight yourself out of that mm -hmm. um, I think I just realized that I was starting to slip when um, just when a workout came around like Ah, uh, you know, like shit. I don't want to do this. It's gonna suck. I got Bulgarian split squats. You know, <laughs> give Austin the finger while I'm doing it. <laughs> and then, you know, just you have to just stop yourself and you know take like you said in the podcast last week. I think you know you got to take yourself out of the forest and realize the bigger picture of what's going on. And with that, you have to, like I said, just take yourself out of the out of the forest. You got to get the perspective of. This, even though it's gonna suck, mm -hmm. it's gonna suck a lot. But when you get out of it and when you persevere through it, the results that you get are gonna be more than you could have asked for. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just the biggest thing that I realized. And that, that feeling kept me going and kept driving me and pushing me towards my goal mm -hmm. that led to success. Mm -hmm. The hope of it did. Sure, that's, yeah. um, I mean, it's now seeing, again, this is, results but seeing the confidence in you before when I left school in December we were sending you around and I mean you had your facial hair wasn't very well kept I mean your hair was eh. and then like seeing you today and even while you during the contest like looking at you 
and seeing you just had a lot more color to your face you looked more um, engaging and you just looked like a more fulfilled person so it seems like that mindset switch has been coming from where I'm coming from what I've seen it's just been a night and day difference in you it's fun it's really fun to watch thank you I appreciate you having me just constantly looking for you know not focusing on the negatives and always looking towards the positives for support then when a negative comes up how can you turn that into a positive Mm -hmm. so if you fail how am I going to learn from that how am I going to adapt and how am I going to go crush it the next time this comes up it was just that constant thinking and that's like the the churning don't be like a don't look for problems be a problem solver Mm -hmm. like Coach Caruso actually handed me something like there was a story. I can't remember the name of the story, but the whole thing was this army guy was given a letter and without any description, he needed to find who to give this letter to in the mountains. And he had to go search for this pertinent person in the mountains. And the whole point of the story was if you were given this letter, could you go find the person? If you're given this problem, can you go find a solution without having everything given to you? And again, it goes back to like prepare the child for the path, not the path for the child. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. getting yourself ready for these situations and then being able to solve the situation right. yourself and yeah. not having somebody else solve it for you and not having everything made for you but figuring out in your own head that you can do this I can solve this problem and it's a whole mindset shift mm-hmm. again like even My- Michael Phelps I was listening to Michael Phelps yesterday on a podcast and he was talking about how his biggest his biggest obstacle was like he always said I can't do something and like when he was young he always said I can't do it it's like I, he's, he thought he was good at the sport, but he's always said, I can't, I can't. He, even when it was something stupid, like he had to, it was a chore. He was saying, I can't do his chore. So his swimming coach took I can't out of his vocabulary and didn't let him <laughs> say I can't. And he told, he was saying this, he said, he legit wouldn't talk to me if I said I can't. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not coaching you if you say you can't, because if you can't, why am I here? And so he, you know, Phelps said he did, he stopped saying, he said, he stopped saying I can't for 10 years. He said he didn't say it at all, and that little shift completely changed who he was as an athlete. Just wow. Because then when he got rid of that mindset that he can't do something, everything was he can, he just needs to figure out how. He can, he just needs to figure out if he wants to. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just a totally different mindset of it's not, I, you, you physically can do it, it's do you want to do it, and how bad do you want to do it? That's right. Mm-hmm. So, the. The other thing I wanted to touch on was you really, you made mention of how you were able to shift your diet and what how did that change like your energy levels um, how you felt like through that process what was it like going from eating shit food mm-hmm. how, how hard was it to transition from shit food and sugar and all that to eating clean and then once you've made that transition how do you feel now compared to prior yeah I mean, definitely that was the hardest part of the whole transformation was the diet because, you know, eating, going from, when you're eating shit food constantly, that's what your body starts to crave and Mm -hmm. needs more and more and more Mm -hmm. of. So when I stopped giving it that, it was just, I was, it was like the worst two weeks, two weeks of my life. Oh my God. I was just constantly tired, like Jesus Christ, I need some pasta, just anything like that, maybe a bagel or some shit. (laughs) But then as soon as you get past that little like two week threshold, Mm -hmm oh my god I've never slept better I've never felt better yeah. and then eat, especially cutting out the booze and the sugar like it was just night and day mm-hmm. so I was sleeping better my performance was better even in school I was actively well, part, well for the most part participating <laughs> in class 
and all that. But yeah, I just uh, the energy level was up. You know, it was it was really good. Right. Yeah. And so now, have you been able to sustain that diet or sense, or do you more lenient with yourself, or how, how's it been going since then? Oh, I've tried to stick to the diet best I can, but now I just allow myself like a cheat meal. Yeah. You know, sure. maybe once a week or so. That's good. Yeah. And that's one thing I talk about with my clients is like. When you're in this contest, like when Luke is in this contest, you have 12 weeks to be strict. And this isn't a lot of times, it depends where you're at. If you're going to win this contest, you need to get to a point where you're so strict that that isn't sustainable to win. And I think a lot of people need to do that once or twice in their lives, um, once or twice like a year to like really push themselves for a week or two of strict dieting. Like that last week, we can talk about about how fun was that last week. Like Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, oh, so in the hell. last week of just like, this prep for this program but when you come off of it you need to have the thought process of like all right I pushed myself to these limits but now I need to go back to something that's sustainable to where mm. I'm still healthy I'm still living an awesome lifestyle I'm still looking friggin fit but maybe I'm going from that 7% body fat in that picture that I took to win the contest to going back up to 10% and this is where I think a lot of people struggle is they push themselves to a limit mm. all the time and then they're super extreme to where they're pushing themselves to their limits and if, as soon as they're done with the limits and they're completely shitting on everything and nothing's sustainable. They're up and down in this roller coaster of diets instead of staying sustainable for their entire lives and then when they want to push themselves to this peak performance, if they're an elite athlete, they want to push themselves to this peak spot, that's where you really hone in on it for a non-sustainable part of time to peak, to win. Mm -hmm. You do that, you win, then you come back to your sustainable, you don't throw out everything you just did mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's exactly right like the other thing was why I wanted to do is like I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and that's like with the diet and the exercises I knew it was going to be hard but I wanted to do it I that was the thing like I know it wasn't I knew it wasn't permanent like it wasn't going to be a forever thing it was just a short amount of time relatively speaking and you know yeah it's a sacrifice but it was so worth it in the end yeah, sure. I mean, what, again, what you were able to accomplish is just, it blew me away. It blew me away. And it looked like you gained quite a fair amount of muscle throughout the course of the whole yeah, I mean, transformation. Yeah, I hope so. I definitely lost lost fat, gained muscle. Yeah. Yeah, steps in the right direction. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I able to do those at the same time. Let's go into the exercises. What, um, yeah. program-wise, what did you like about the program? What pushed you? Maybe what did you hate about the program? That type of thing for people that want to know what you did in the weight room itself. Meatheads that want to know how did Luke get after it in the weight room? Definitely. I think the, the biggest part was just getting a daily routine. So I think that's the biggest thing in any aspect of your life. But, you know, going, so it started off during J-term, I was taking a class. I'd do the class and then go work out and then go home. So that was the biggest part was just getting that daily routine down. Mm -hmm. The second bit was having someone to work with. So shout out Avery Ostertag. Hey. If I would not have had him with me for this entire time, I, there, I wouldn't even have been close to winning. So it was having someone to work out with you and just being able to hold each other accountable mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. And then to the workouts themselves, um, I absolutely loved them. You know, you didn't feel like you were just pushing – an incredible amount of weight just for the sake of it you know you the workouts you do and the things that you do in between each main lift so like the stretches you do 
you know, you're looking after your body while you're working out and, you know, you're like body wise, you're building that foundation and then you can keep going mm-hmm. and keep progressing and keep having success. I'd also agree. I have to throw in a comment here. I think Yoakum's workouts really, because when I write workouts for myself, I just annihilate myself. <laughs> and I, I leave no, nothing left in the tank. And, um, Yoakum's workouts get me ready for tomorrow's workout. Mm-hmm. I don't ever walk into the gym feeling like rolled up. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever. I don't ever feel like absolute trash walking into the gym when I'm on his programs. Contrary to when I <laughs> program myself. No, and, oh, and, yeah. and my kind of thought process behind that is like we're in this for the long term. You know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you push yourself for three weeks, somebody that ju- and especially somebody that's just starting, somebody that's trying to change their life around, they push themselves for three weeks. I give them a program that just apps them up, and they're not able to move, and they hate every second of it. Yeah, I mean the the three we help them out in quotation marks for three weeks by annihilating them, and then they're never gonna want to do it again because they they feel like shit, and they're not you're not going to see the results in three weeks you know yeah so trying to make it a long-term program a long-term lifestyle to where every single day you have this workout they're not easy i i, I put myself no. through them the same and i was like dude fucking suck a lot of them like bulgarian <laughs> split squats like you said like they're tough but they push you mentally to a point to where you have to fight through this you have to get to a point but then you're also working on that recovery aspect to where tomorrow you're coming in the gym and you're like, yes, I got over that hump yesterday. Now I got another hump to get over today. And then it just is continue process step by step to whereas if you have yourself up on Monday and then Tuesday you go in and like, well, shit, I can't walk. And I got another <laughs> hill climb. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And that's kind of my thought process with, it's all a long-term process. Like I want these, I don't want to fish for you. I want to teach you how to fish, you know? And that's the same thing with the diet. Like I had a ton of people like ask for super specific diets and I'm like, yes, I can do that for you. And yes, maybe that for our elite level, like maybe last two weeks, we can have everything run out last three weeks. Mm -hmm. But if I don't give you tips and like guidelines to what works in your diet and what works with your lifestyle. And like, if I tell you to eat ground beef and you're freaking allergic to beef and like I program that whole food plan, like what good does that do you? Mm -hmm. I'm just fishing for you. I'm not teaching you how to fish. So my goal with this is like teach people how to do this themselves. Mm -hmm. So like when they're at the grocery store they can shop for themselves and I don't need to be holding their hand and right. being like this is what you need to buy this is what you need to buy you can be like I can make a recipe out of this that I enjoy and it's going to be healthy for me and it's going to reach my long term goals mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought process there I think what you shared with me I think the best thing you provide best piece of information for diet you, you've provided anybody I think has been to eat real food mm-hmm. um, that has been that was like I mean because you hear a lot of information like peanut butter is really good for you or like wheat bread is is but like again eating real food stuff that's grown from the ground in the ground that has been a life-changing thing for me I mean just shopping on the out like one of the big keys like so what's real food like we say eat real food but what's real food shop stay on the outside of the damn grocery store you go into that monster mash that's in between (laughs) that grocery store all that box food like you're gonna get trapped that cookie dough that's staring you in the face when you're walking in those aisles stay out of the aisles shop on the outside you got your veggies you got your fruit if you have to go inside to go get rice shut your eyes find where the rice is grab the rice and sprint out because otherwise those boxes those pancakes those things they're gonna swallow you up it's in a box 
the most part, if it's frozen, maybe fruits and veggies you can get, but if it's frozen, if it's in a box, if it's packaged, it's not real. Stay away. Mm-hmm. Stay away. You need to cook your food yeah. or grow your food and then cook it. You know, like eat real food. And then the other thing is when you're starting off, you're trying to make this change. You're trying to make the first steps. Don't worry about calories right away. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, I mean, it just seems weird to people like calories that's scientific yes that that's how you're going to lose weight eventually but focus on making your calories count not counting your calories and that's a mike dolce quote of if you just switch your diet and i promise you this if you don't count a single thing but you switch your diet right now from eating what you're eating to eating all home-cooked meals that are real food they have nothing else in them but real food beef veggies rice something like that eat real food the change you will see in six weeks will be ridiculous. And it, you, you didn't have to count anything. Agreed. Again, when you want to get to that elite level performance, when I'm working with an athlete, when I'm working with somebody that really needs to take their game to the next level, that's when we focus on calories. That's when we focus on the specifics. But if you're trying to make that first step, and there's so many people that need to just make that first step, and they freak out because calories macros micros all that stuff can be freaking confusing and like what am i going to do like everything i gotta count everything i gotta write everything down just take a deep breath set yourself up get rid of all the shit that's boxed in your house get rid of all the shit that's frozen all those hot pockets get rid of in your house go to the grocery store get real food eat it for four weeks tell me what you think and it'll change how you feel it'll change how you look it'll change your confidence and it doesn't have to taste shitty like that's the thing that's the biggest thing everybody's like scared is like if you teach yourself how to cook you teach yourself what you like real food there's so many combinations that I mean it can taste amazing it's just Mm -hmm. you just gotta put the time into making it work and put extra effort into finding recipes exactly doing something you enjoy something you enjoy eating if you hate eating it don't eat it if you hate eating it you're not gonna sustain that it doesn't make any sense if you freaking hate chicken eating chicken is not gonna be your answer to long term losing weight now, you can force yourself as much as you want, but if you hate that food, you need to switch your diet to something that else. There's hundreds of proteins that are real food. Because you hate chicken. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hate chicken. Chicken's <laughs> not my favorite. I, I eat chicken some. I just know people that like, really, really hate it and never yeah. eat it. I, I'm a big ground beef guy. I love yeah. ground beef. But don't, don't, switch. Eat, don't eat chicken. It's a nervous bird. You don't want to be a nervous person. <laughs> Stay on afternoon, baby. It's a monster man. Yeah. No, no, but yeah. You're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, just taking those first steps. Again, it goes back to that mindset of not being overwhelmed at the start, taking a deep breath and realizing, yes, there's going to be a process to it. Yes, it's going to take longer. That's the other thing. It took you probably, for a lot of these guys, 20 years to get to make your body look like it is now, to get your body mm-hmm. in the shape that you don't love to see. Give yourself time to get out of that. It took you 22 years to get in there. It's not going to take two weeks to get out. I promise you that. In two weeks, you can feel way better. You can make substantial gains. But after two weeks, if you don't have a six-pack after weighing 300 pounds, don't give up on it. Like, it took you 22 years to get into how your body's looking. 22 years of feeding it garbage. Two weeks of eating real food is going to make you feel phenomenal. But you're probably not going to see all the results you want right away. So continue on that process. Mm-hmm. Right. Love Definitely. It. And then, like... If you want proof of how changing your diet can affect how you look, I mean, just look at the before and after pictures of all the people who were, did really good in the contest. Myself, Mike, Joey Puck. I mean, that was the biggest thing is just changing our diet. Obviously, we had really great workouts too, 
but I mean it was the diet that was the X factor in that. For sure, for sure. I mean I went from I don't I didn't send Yago my photos because I don't I don't like that. But um, <laughs> I went from two forty down to two fifteen and like Damn. and it, it was probably in a matter of six, seven weeks and it's all diet. It's all diet. I mean, yeah, and Yoakum got me right on that because and it was it, the best part about it too was especially in the beginning I consi- consistently sent him what I was eating and to just own up to that shit and record what I was writing and, and then have him like someone who is living it and breathing it and mm-hmm. ha- having to own up to it someone who's you know we're in this together like we're in this together and so that was really the accountability piece was was also quite awesome um well that's one of my favorite parts about it as well yeah getting having people and like so joey puck was another contestant he was talking about how one of his biggest pushing factors was you reached out to him and said hey man heard you're doing well in this contest like let's keep going at this together mm-hmm. and puck's like shit like he's doing well in this contest, he thinks <laughs> I'm doing well, like now I need to prove him right. And that, that he was telling me like, that was one of the coolest things he thought of the whole contest is like that community aspect. And like you said, you got mm-hmm. Avery, like having people work out together, having somebody to push you, having somebody to hold you accountable is what he really enjoyed of it. For sure, yeah. Um, so this is also something also I wanted to touch on was, and I kind of touched on earlier was how you, with how you even presented yourself right now and how much better you look. So. How has this helped your your confidence and your yeah I guess I guess it's a fair question how yeah. did it help your confidence? Um, got it back up. Yeah, I mean, it certainly looks like it. I'd, if a challenge comes in my way now, it's not oh shit, am I going to be able to do this or not even that? Now it's like oh okay, let's go, let's get after it. What do I have to do to make sure you know yeah, yeah I beat this challenge or whatever? It's you know looking at it from a positive outlook and looking at it as a good opportunity rather than a mm-hmm. something that's going to have to drag me down. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The confidence in you, it just resonates now. It's, <laughs> it's coming off of you like a light. So this is the other thing we talk about with people that have gone through the valleys, gone through the tough stuff, and then now they're starting to win, they're starting to climb those mountains, they're starting to be on the top of the mountains. What are the constant battles you face still today to the confidence, to your ego, to your diet? to going to work out every single day what are your battles you face now just so people don't think mm-hmm. once you make it you make it what are your battles you go through every day oh yeah so every day it's still you know do i really want to work out do i really want to eat like this right like this thing's over i won oh well let's just you know go back go back to what we were doing before and you know having a pizza or two or something like that but um you know every day it's just trying to make myself you know not let myself go and keep on looking you know uphill and trying to see like focusing on the mountain peak instead of the valley I think has been the biggest thing Mm. in every aspect Mm. yeah so you're saying to so you're saying it's even though the contest is done your work is nowhere near done. You're oh, not even close. No. no. So. And that's the thing, like, I kind of got um, the idea of what I'm about to say next from that McConaughey speech that I know Crusoe oh, showed yeah. us. Yeah, right. He's like, you know, yeah. you're always going to, like, always have something to chase. Like, I'm never going to get to my goal. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to, like he says, be his hero. But 
I can work towards that every single day, expand, expand and I can upon get better. The for people who don't know. Yeah, so for people who don't know, um, Matthew McConaughey, after he won an award, he gave a speech and he says he needs three things in his life. Um, the first one was someone to look up to, mm-hmm. and that's God. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a really strong faith, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then someone to look forward to, which is his family, mm-hmm. his uh, wife and kids, and then someone to chase. So, and that started with, when he was young, he had a um, person that was really close to him approach him. He's like, um, you know, so who's your hero? And he's like, all right, give me two weeks. I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. So he says to this guy or whoever it is, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. Anyways, he says, all right, the person, my hero is me 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years go by, this same person comes back up to McConaughey. So are you a hero yet? He's like, no, not even close. <laughs> See, because at every day, every week, every year, that same per- his hero is always going to be 10 years ahead of him. So that leaves him with something to chase, something that he can always be constantly improving himself by. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool because I've been reading a lot of uh, a lot of psychology lately, specifically Jordan Peterson, and he always talks about how you want to have a vision of who you want to be in five to ten years. And I love like that's a truth, and that's mm-hmm. something that permeates any field of study or speech or like thought. I think that's yeah. Fantastic. You, that's the thing. Like, you got to create it. Like, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. If it's not created, I mean, this is so, so many things. Is like, mm-hmm. if you don't bring it into the universe initially, if you don't write it down, if you don't think about it in your head constantly, if you don't visualize it, it's never going to happen. Like, this is why goal setting is so powerful for people. It's because you write it down and you bring it into reality by seeing it every single day. And like it's not, I don't think it's some magical like thing that happens. I think it's you see it every single day and it switches your mindset into you're going to make the small actions to lead you to that goal. You know, like every single day you have that goal, you have that visualization of what you want to become, you have that dude 10 years in the future that you're chasing to become, and you make the small actions to do that. It's like it's not, it's not like it just happens, it's that you're bringing it into the universe, you're controlling it and you're making it happen, you're taking ownership over that, ownership over your life instead of having somebody else have that power over you. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we made mention of last week too is like we're the only animal in the animal kingdom that can do that. We're the only animal in the animal kingdom that can see forward, that can see tomorrow, and can see in a year and like that's a gift and well, something we've been, we've developed and it's something that you have to take very, very seriously you're never going to be able to reach what you want to reach. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing about that is, too, that, yeah, you have to be constantly be mindful of the decisions and actions that you're making, but I think the best thing about that is is when you consciously make an effort to do those right decisions, eventually you keep doing those. It's going to form a habit. Mm-hmm. You won't have to be consciously aware of it. You know, it's just going to happen. And then you can keep on focusing on different aspects of your life, getting them better, creating better habits, new habits. And that's like my transition was like changing my life like that is how I got from A to B. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's obviously it's not easy, but it's I think it's a bit easier than people think because it's not constant in the same thing. But it's you, like it's make, just continuing every morning. Exactly. Make yeah. your bed every morning something as small as that can completely change how you operate, 
how you take pride in your life, how you completely live out your entire life, how you treat people. It's just do something as small as that every single day. You talked mm-hmm. about forming your habits of your day. Like you scheduled your day, like small, small things of wake up, make your bed, you know, like win that little battle and go from there. And then that's winning is going to lead to winning. Mm-hmm. Success leads to success. It snowballs, it snowballs, it snowballs. And that's where you talk about like, you don't have to think about it anymore. And like, you still have to think about like consciously making good decisions, but like you said, it snowballs. You just, you're mm-hmm. becoming a better person. And mm-hmm. what you thought about were holding that door open, like initially, cause you're actively thinking about it. You become a person that holds doors open. Mm-hmm. You becomes the person that makes your bed. You become the person that is living their life the way people want to live their lives, you know? And then you bring yourself with it. You improve yourself, you improve your life. And then other people are seeing that and like with this transformation, then people are like, shit, I can do it, you know? And then it, that's when I think it's so powerful is not only is that snowballing for you, you're creating somebody else's snowball. You're starting to roll somebody else's snowball down the hill of winning, of success, of loving their life. And then it grows from there, you know? And then they build somebody else up when they succeed. And I think it's so powerful and it, it blows my mind how it can all start with. You woke up one day and you decided to make your bed. You woke up one day and you decided to write down your goals. You woke up one day and you decided to write out what your daily plan is. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just one small switch and it can light the whole fucking forest on fire of people, of changing your life, of changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing too, because you think if you see somebody like Luke and what he's been able to accomplish, you think it's going to be some drastic, like super elaborate plan. And it's not. Like you said, it's simple, mm-hmm. but very hard. But it's simple. Mm-hmm. Like the, what to do is simple, but doing it very hard. But oh, ultimately, yeah. it is simple. Yeah, it's just tiny, small, little changes in your life, and it's going to be hard to make those changes. But you know, they are just small. Yeah. And it's you know, when you look at it like that, you know, it's easy. It's after doable. That. And it's doable. Exactly, it's doable. And that's probably the most incredible thing that, you know, someone who is about to make a change for their life for the better for them to realize mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard to change, but just start small. Mm-hmm. And the results that will follow just from that is going to be more than you can ask for. It's going to be incredible. It's true. So true. That's just what I have the biggest passion for in the world is allowing people to see how not easy but how simple it can be you know and like we talked about how it's not huge drastic changes but like you get to a point to where you're winning so much where those small habits have added up so much that it looks like a drastic change it looks like and like you, now to your you're to a point where you're winning so much that your small changes are other people's drastic changes and it's because and this is like the same thing with the program the same thing with the diet it's a freaking long race dude like it's not about the person that sprints off the finish line yeah or sprints off the start line you know and shoots the gun and tries to run as fast as they can and they run into a brick wall dude like it's that whole life it's the holistic style of living your life to become the best person you can and every single day you become a better person than you were yesterday every single day every single day every single day and then it adds up to a point to where like that small change of making your bed was a huge change for you that first day. Like that was such a big change to from where you were to where now that is nothing. And now you're making massive changes in other people's lives. And that's your small change of the day. You know, like it all snowballs and then your small changes are other people's huge changes, but it's because you 
build that foundation, you went for that long process, you know? Mm-hmm. And you still have to keep doing those small things. Yeah. Every single day. Mm-hmm. It build, builds that foundation every single day. That's right. Just keep hammering away at the foundation. Yes. And this is this one thing we end. If you had, we talked about this, and this might be your message. You have somebody that comes to you and like, I want to change my life. What do I do? What is Luke Milpas's 10 second process? Like 10 second thing you can give to somebody right now that they can take your message and be like, okay, I can change my life off that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Question. Think about it for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Take your time. We can cut it and edit too. Oh, cool. So. I think my advice would be find out what your why is. I think anything that you do has to begin with your why. Why you get out of bed, you know, what you want to do to make a change and an impact in the world. Like for Austin, being able to impact as many people as he can. Um, could you re- like just say yours one time? Yeah, quick? that's just so my why is to pay back what's been put into me by building up other people's foundations and giving them enlightenment to see what they can do Mm -hmm. yeah so just find out what your why is and then when a decision comes that you are kind of teetering on you don't know what to do or anything in life for that matter you can look towards that why as you know uh to help figure out like what direction you're going to go you're going to go back to that as your foundation and you will be able to one, get rid of a ridiculous amount of stress and anxiety, and then from that, you'll be able to have more success than you can ever hope or dream of. Awesome. Yeah. Real quick, too. What is your why? My why? I haven't even heard it yet today. Um, oh, I think, you know, it's still got a lot, a lot of work, still a lot of thinking about it, but ultimately, you know, I just want to leave a positive legacy. When I die, I want to be able to say that I was able to make, I was able to leave the world just a little bit better than the way, I, you know, leave it better than, you know, I got it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and the however most that, noble thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. And just however, however that happens is, you know, up to the, fu- going to be shown in the future and look towards that as my motivation to make, you know, the best decisions I can, be the best version of myself, and then in turn, hopefully others will follow suit. And that goes with Jordan Peterson's thing is like, if you want to change the world, don't look at the world, look at yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think you did an awesome job of that. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy we got to share your message and got to show what this process can lead to and like, just keep inspiring people, dude. Like, I'm <laughs> freaking pumped to share this message and show people like it's doable, it's happening. So thanks for being on. Definitely. Yeah, it's thanks so much on. for having me, guys. This is great. Yeah. yeah, thanks for staying on the path. You bet. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, now, in closing, we're going to run through um, different ways you can support Yoakum Strength and Austin in his quest to take over the world, I suppose, and my quest because I love being a part of this organization. Um, support through following Austin on Instagram, and the handle is Yoakum Strength, correct? Austin Yoakum. <sighs> Shit. Email is Yoakum Strength. <laughs> 
the Insta handle is Austin Yoakum. You can also find a link to his blog there where you can find some great articles on mindset and on training. Um, subscribe on YouTube at Yoakum Strength for um, exercise index videos. It's honestly the best exercise index you're going to find anywhere with any different program. And I've used a lot of different online programming and Austin's is the most simple to use, most practical. It's easiest. I'm just telling you, try it. Um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And you can also buy a program from Austin. You can contact him on Instagram. You can email him through at yokumstrength at gmail.com. And now you can go to the website. We got it set up, yokumstrength.com. We're live, baby. We're rolling. We're rolling. Um, go to Ghost Fit for apparel. Um, our friend Carter Schmitz, his father runs a resistance band training company, and Yoakum is a, not a sponsor, but a ambassador. 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 Not a sponsor, but an ambassador for RBT. Um, they got the best bands. The University of St. Thomas uses them. Um, they're very affordable. And then, again, as I said before, follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Thank you for listening. Keep chopping wood. Be grateful.